Seinfeld, the implant is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys who never double dip. I'm Rob Sister, and here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, I can't speak for you. Do you double dip? Uh, I, I've been known to double dip, but not when somebody's looking. Like, I check if anybody's, like, if my girlfriend's brother was, like, sneakily in the corner checking me out. So you wouldn't double dip at a party, but you would definitely double dip like in a restaurant, like if you had like salsa on a table. Yeah. I mean, if it's, I'd say if it's with my family or with people I know wouldn't be mad, probably, but uh, you really have to know your company. You don't just go to a stranger's house and double dip. Are you a big dip guy? I'll say like, if there's a dip around, I will like put a million chips in there and not stop, but I'm not going to like go, you know, out of my way to get a dip. What about you? No, I never do the dip. I'll do like, guac i'll do salsa but i never do a dip for a potato chip i mean i feel like you have to be somewhere like it's never at my house like if you go to somebody else's house or it's like a party or something yeah and maybe you have like chips and salsa but not on like a random tuesday i'm gonna like pull out a whole thing of salsa and chips and start eating (laughs) all right it sounds like a good idea like it's one of those things like if you did it you'd be like oh i should do this every day but oh i can't stop once you get the guac and the chips going forget it yeah, I would. I could have like a full, a full bowl. Like you put, I'll eat as much as this, like until the salsa runs out. That's how many chips I'll have. Yeah, that's my Super Bowl because I don't have any friends. That's I'm just getting like a, a big thing of guac. Boom. I feel like we should have a goal for next year for you to make a couple friends by the Super Bowl, <laughs> and you could have like a mini Super Bowl party with like the three friends you made, <laughs> or we'll like put out some thing. We'll have like a contest. Like who wants to be Rob's friends for yeah. the Super Bowl? Okay. All right, we'll work on that. Akiva, so we're going to talk about The Implant here. Of course, very famous episode here from season four with Terry Hatcher as the woman that Jerry is interested in that is going to be dating. But Jerry is very concerned. Does she have a breast implant? And we will talk about why is this such a big deal for Jerry and much, much more as we discuss uh, The Implant from February 25th, 1993. Before we jump into this, Akiva, do you have any Seinfeld news you want to get to? Sure, always. So, um, first of all, as people might remember, we we really started this podcast uh, in honor of the 25th anniversary of Seinfeld, right? Yes. So, uh, I believe yesterday, the sixth was the 26th anniversary. Happy 26th of Seinfeld. damn anniversary, of Seinfeld. Yeah, and of course, our goal is to finish by the 30th. Yes, but realistically, somewhere between the 28th and the 29th should be uh, where we finish. Okay, and we're a third of the way done next week, right? We're 60 out of 180. Oh, well, look at us. We're almost there. And um, all right. So that's uh, happy anniversary, Seinfeld. But then um, in uh, bigger news, not such big news, uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones, who are uh, the farm team, a minor league team of our beloved Mets, Mm -hmm. our tolerated Mets, uh, hosted their second annual Seinfeld night at the stadium. And uh, it is very Seinfeld heavy. It looks uh, looks like we should have gone. It looks like a good time was had by all. Yeah. Would have been fun. So um, the, the park, which is normally called MCU Park, is, uh, was renamed Cramerica Industries Park for the night. Uh, do, would you like to guess the two Seinfeld-related people who showed up? Kenny Kramer. Uh, no, I know. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Kenny Kramer was there. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking. I was looking at the picture of the Soup Nazi. But yeah, Kenny Kramer was there. The Soup Nazi was not. Soup Nazi was not. Yeah, because it probably wasn't. Usually those are the big two. But yes, Kenny Kramer, no Soup Nazi. Who was the other one? Mm. 
who could be the other person to go to the Seinfeld? It's not easy. It's it's not someone who's like always at these. Can things. you give me a hint? Yeah, he's in uh, multiple episodes, but it's not not somebody who's in like uh, you know ten or more episodes. Banya. Yeah, Kenny Banya. Very yes. good. <laughs> yeah, and so they had That's soup gold, from the soup Nazi. That is gold. It was a good guess. Hopefully I'll, uh, uh, you know, that, that counts as our trivia for the night. So we don't have no, to No, no, I have a trivia question for you. <laughs> uh, they had uh, puffy shirts, soup from the soup Nazi, a top of the muffin to you contest, a Costanza trash eating competition. <laughs> My son would have clobbered them because I just caught him eating out of the trash before. Yeah. Um, an old teen drinking relay, an urban sombrero catch. Uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty challenge and the Elaine dance contest. Yeah. Was it a sold out event? Was it a success? Uh, it looks pretty packed. Uh, I mean, it's only, you know, it's only like 4,000 mm-hmm. uh, seats in the whole stadium. I've never been to the minor league park, actually. Yeah, I, I went once. It was nice. Yeah, yeah. It looks like uh, they do a good job. Uh, and Rob, this doesn't interest me at all. But, uh, you know, if you were in New York next week, they're hosting a Star Wars sleepover next week. At the Cyclones? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Minor league baseball. It's happening. I feel like you would be very good uh, at being like the promotion guy for a minor league baseball hey, team. If this podcast thing doesn't work out, keep my resume on file, Brooklyn Cyclones. Well, but do you agree? I, I feel like you'd be good at that. Sure, sure. I think I could come up with lots of different themes for different things. Do you have one off the top of your head? Hmm. Off the top of my head. I'm sure at a job interview, they're going to be like, all right, give me a quick. Okay. I know one of these minor league affiliates did like a Game of Thrones night recently but they had to clear it with george rr R. martin because he believe it or not george rr R. martin is a mets fan that makes a lot of sense doesn't it Can i tell you my big problem with george rr R. martin actually What's that he's a jets fan and a giants fan it how do you guess because <laughs> you're like reading you. my mind these it almost like uh you know it basically makes the whole game of thrones garbage to me <laughs> i mean it's not really I, I do like game of thrones but like it really invalidates everything he's ever done. You can't be a Jets and a Giants fan. And he claims to be like a really big fan. Yeah. Uh, it's, and he'll sometimes he'll like, he'll be in an interview and be like, oh yeah, it's like a Jets game. I'm a huge Jets fan. And he won't even mention that he's both, mm. but he, you know, he'll switch. He's an opportunist fan, you know, and a bigamist fan. I'm not, uh, I'm not really feeling it. Bigamist fan. Yeah, he's, he's got both teams. Mm. All right. Well, let's not <laughs> look people that root for two teams. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's fine for George R. R. Martin. No, there's something very wrong with it. <laughs> I don't know about the Star Wars sleepover. I'm not like I don't know why you have to sleep over for Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know why. Like <laughs> I don't know. I bet it's a great place to pick up ladies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Star Wars sleepover. All right. So uh, is that it for Seinfeld news uh, for this week? Yeah. Okay. Let me give you your Seinfeld scene it trivia oh. question, oh, and it actually relates to this episode. Okay, good. Good, good, good. In the series finale, which character Mm -hmm. is the last to utter the line, they're real and they're spectacular? I believe it's Jackie Child. That is correct. That that was an easy one. A very easy question. I was thinking, like, does somebody else repeat it afterwards or like the judge? But no, it's Jackie Child. Okay. Let's talk about the implant and let's get into this. Lots of time at the health club in this episode. Yeah, a lot of scenes. A lot, a lot of, there's a lot going on in this episode. They're really bouncing around fast. A lot going on. Jerry starts off on the opening stand-up talking about how with the health club, he says he's not going anymore because he has a limit on the number of naked men he wants to see. Zero. Yeah, but then we see him in the sauna 
during the episode. Yeah, I don't think the stand-up is canon for what's happening in the episode. Yeah, so here's my problem then. So if the stand-up, which is part of the show, right? They're writing it into the show. So this is a third Jerry. There's like real-life Jerry Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. who doesn't want to come on our show. Then there's the... Then there's the um, the show Jerry Seinfeld, who we know very well. And then there's the stand-up Jerry, who, you know, none, except for like the one time where they cut in and the other comic was there. The that guy we've seen that so fell far. off the like, wagon? Yeah, the guy who fell off, the, or, or on the wagon, we're not, we haven't decided yet. There's also it's where it. there's the woman that is laughing during the show. That's right. Yeah, no, during the course of the, I mean, they stopped the stand-up soon, but the course of the show, there are, there are about three or four cut-ins, but I... I like you're saying that it's not canon. I'm not sure that hurts my head. I just think that if you're a stand-up comedian, sometimes you're saying things that aren't necessarily true. Oh, okay. If you're saying that he's saying things that aren't true for his act, like, you know what happened last Wednesday? My aunt, like that sort of thing. Of course. Yeah. He I don't have to, not everything is stand-up says has to be true. Yeah. But is it the same Jerry is my question. It's the same Jerry, I think. Okay, fine. Okay. We're good there. Also, Jerry talks about the security at the gym and I didn't remember this joke, but I like it. Yeah, it's a good joke. It's actually, it really holds up today because uh, I don't have a gym membership, obviously. Yes. Uh, you have to like go there to get the gym membership. That's not going to happen. Do you have a gym membership? I do have a gym membership. I have to cancel it. Good. Go. <laughs> it's going to take like four hours. I've been procrastinating and, like, canceling it for months. Uh, yeah, but you know, most people, and it certainly holds up today, like have these gym memberships and never go or, yeah. or you know, like you use it you know, to take a shower, basically, like if it's in the city or something like yeah. you're not you're not actually working out. So that that really does hold up. I have weights in my garage now, which if I'm going to exercise, I just go there and do it. But I need to cancel my gym membership. But do you ever use the weights in your garage? I try to. I try to. So you don't I, I, I'm not a weights guy. I've never really lifted weights. Yeah. Wow. I'm a treadmill guy. I mean, I'm not. But in theory, if I was any treadmill guy. I had a treadmill in my room growing up. Wow. I don't I, I guess I got fat. My parents got me a treadmill. Put it yeah, in my room. again, another Akiva like Manya moment. Like, wow. Uh, <laughs> a treadmill guy. Who wouldn't love a treadmill person? <laughs> what but kind it was, of it was good because you could play it uh you could play video games while you're on the treadmill. Mm. Uh so like that really I hated people that had a treadmill in their room. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you'd play video games. You could you could watch TV and you forget about it. But uh, now I'm I'm beyond that. I'm I'm over it. All right. So we first see in this episode Jerry with Sidra. Well, Sidra seems like a real reach for a name, right? I mean, at how this you, point, do you know like, a Sidra? I don't. I don't know any Sidras. I don't know if the, how many Sidras there are. Let's see what the most famous Sidra is while we're talking. Okay, I'm here. Googling Sidra right now. It's what S I D R A. Yeah. And boy, uh, I see there's like a Sidra medical group. Sidra Bell. Sidra Bell. What's that? Is he on the wire? I don't know. I, I think that's uh, Stringer's little brother. Oh, so, okay. So it appears to be a Pakistani name. Like I see someone with. Uh, 60,000 followers who is Pakistani. There you go. All right, so it's not a completely made-up name. Anyway, yeah, but they also, like, a lot of times we see at the beginning of the relationship, but this is more of, like, a formed relationship already that they've already had dates, Jerry and Sidra. Yeah. So Jerry talks to Sidra and being very forward with her at the the gym, right? 
Yeah, he's really being pervy, and she seems to be fine with it. But he says uh, they call it a stairmaster because you get up there and you stare. Well, a lot of good leotards in this in this episode, as in things that people would not be caught dead wearing in 2015. Yeah, I feel like they were wearing more clothes to go to the gym then. <laughs> I, I've never been to the gym, so I can only guess from like TV and movies what people wear, but probably right. much less. You know, when I was going to the gym infrequently in the past i used to see a woman who would wear an outfit like this who is like an older person and it would it's comical if you ever see it in real life but it's basically like if you're a woman it's like a one-piece bathing suit but with like leggings on underneath yeah i mean you wouldn't go outside in it like aesthetically it's not great yeah i I don't know why it's good for working out though like what what about it like i feel like you'd be very sweaty maybe that's the point you're supposed to be sweaty why are people going in the sauna? I guess. Yep. Yeah, but you're not going in in clothes, like making your clothes gross. I don't know. So she walks away, and Elaine comes over, and they're talking, and Jerry just sort of like a weird thing, talking about how he's, oh, great workout, and he's like pretending to smoke and like putting out a cigarette with his foot. Yeah, Jerry's like a little pervy in this episode. So Elaine says about Sidra, you know, they're fake. Yeah, so presumptuous of Elaine, right? To to like all of a sudden assume that like Elaine is really the the you know the, the problem in this episode. Like Jerry would never have even thought of it if it's not for Elaine. Yeah. They're fake. And so she says that she has a gift. You know, like how Jerry can spot a lesbian? Now is that a thing? <laughs> Jerry has gaydar? I don't know. I like I, I could could you do this stuff nowadays? Talk about spotting lesbians. Mm. I think this is a tough spot in 2015 to be a straight white man talking about being able to identify unannounced lesbians. I think that's yeah, problematic. I, I, yeah, he shouldn't do it in his comedy act. People will write angry letters. He should not do it. He should not do it. <laughs> and it's an interesting thing though, that they talk about and then a woman walks by and he's like pointing to just a weird joke that just doesn't go anywhere yeah but again. also like they don't even show her face which leads me to believe even they knew they were sort of like crossing a line almost there yeah so Elaine says but don't you think they just seem a bit too perfect uh, like Elaine has really had like more thought about this than you know than you would think she would have Elaine's such a hater about this so do you think ultimately this is just her jealousy like she's just trying to break them up well I don't know if you go with the fan fiction theory that Elaine was secretly in love with Jerry the whole time then this actually holds some water this whole episode that she tries to sabotage this relationship that Jerry is having with this woman with the perfect breasts yeah, and you know that is my theory, but also like even when uh, when Terry Hatcher's in the sauna and she says, "Oh, Jerry decided he's like going to be going back with his old girlfriend," like she perks up, right? Yeah. So like we don't see it every time, and certainly Elaine doesn't spend the rest of the series <clears throat> trying to break up every single relationship Jerry's in. But maybe it's going on here. So Elaine says to Jerry, "I didn't know you were so into breasts. I thought you were a leg man." I don't think there are leg men. Yeah, who's a leg man? There are no leg men. I mean, I don't think anybody dislikes a leg. 
No, no, I mean, you could, I'll take a leg or I'd leave a leg. I'd rather you have two legs than not have any legs. <laughs> not there's anything wrong with that. Only yeah. having zero or one leg. Yeah. I'm a leg man. I don't know. I wonder why she would think that. Like if Elaine, like did, did that come up when they were dating that he's a leg man? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, does he date like six foot three, you know, leggy supermodels? No, that's George's fantasy. Yeah. Although the woman from the plane was, you know, she might've been a leg woman. Well, models are generally more leggy than the average person. Okay. And so Elaine doesn't want to see her naked. Jerry is saying you should go see, and she says no. She's not interested. She's not going to spy on her in the sauna. Which is weird that she's like so indignant that she doesn't want to see her because she's clearly given it plenty of thought. She really has. Now, for Jerry, it really, it really bothers him. It's not just like a curiosity for him where it's like, I wonder if she has breast implants. It's a thing where Jerry would not date this woman. If he found out that she has breast implants, it's a whole cycle of breast augmentation shaming on the part of Jerry. I mean, the whole thing is crazy, right? I mean, like, who cares? Who cares? And maybe this made sense then. I think maybe it did make more sense then. But like, why would it matter? And also, like, you're not marrying her, like go on a few dates with her. You don't even know if it's true or not. The whole thing doesn't does not make any sense. Like, yeah, he yeah, won't what, even would, date her if she has breast implants. I mean, let, is there anybody out there in our audience that would be in, in have the same worldview as Jerry Seinfeld on this? I can't imagine we'll get one person who says they. Is they there would. one let, person that's like, oh, I would not date a woman if she had breast implants. If I found out that she had breast implants, that's it. I mean. Is this sort of like a steroid thing where it's like, well, nobody who used performance enhancing drugs is going in the Hall of Fame on my watch. I'm a yeah, I mean, if there is such a person out there, let us know. <laughs> we'll we'll have you on. We want to we want to we want to really uh, talk to you in depth about this crazy <laughs> yeah, opinion. We'll do it. But also, interview. What, like, let's say she had nothing going on and then she got the surgery. Right. You know, like, would he rather her in her initial state? I don't know. No way. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. But Jerry needs to know. And they talk about how guys are weird. You know, George is on his ninth move with Betsy and still nothing has happened because there's no way to tell how long it would take for these relationships to progress. We talked about the dating rule book a couple of weeks ago. George can't get anything going with his girlfriend, Betsy, played by Megan Mullally. So, you know, when I watched this episode, I didn't even realize it was Megan Mullally. No, I didn't really either. And then I sort of like caught her from a certain side. I said, is that Megan Mullally? And it turns out it is. There's nothing, nothing. And not that she has so much to do in this episode. Like she, her, she's really only talking in one scene. Plus she introduces him in this in, in the beginning of the double dip scene. But she's not Megan Mullally-ish at all in this scene. Yeah, she is not. Um, no. And like at this point, how, you know, you know, who she's married to, right? She is married to Ron Swanson. Yeah, she's married to Ron Swanson. But it's also interesting because like she was famous for like 15 years before he, you know, made it big on Parks and Recreation. And now she's not. So, and right. Well, I mean, she's still relatively famous, but I feel like Nick Offerman's Gover- Nick probably. But I also like I, I like to think. I like to think like uh, like like how did she, I'm, I'm surprised like Offerman was able to like keep 
keep with our, you know, uh, being so like, I like to think about like how irrelevant is Nick Offerman at this point? Like, what is he doing with his career? I don't know. I don't know when they got married. I think a long time ago. Hmm. Okay. Well, that was good. At one point, you know, she was the breadwinner and now he is. Yeah. It's good. Pay to forward. So George is on his ninth date with Betsy. The problem is that he is a righty and he can only go right. He can't go left. And then, or is that, am I, is that right? So George is he's a righty and he can't go. In this episode, yes, he's a righty. But <laughs> in the past, we've seen him use his left hand. And I think Jason Alexander is a lefty in real yeah. life also. So George is a righty. He can't go right. He has to go left. Jerry, on the other hand, is lefty. He can't go right. Yeah, all of this is just completely made up. Like you could figure, you could meet somewhere in the middle here. <laughs> and Elaine says, "Well, women have to. They just play defense. They don't even know about this." Now, that's a good line. Is this canon in terms of all of the other episodes? Like, if we went to every other time Jerry and George are on the couch with a woman, does this line up? Is Jerry always on the right? Is George always on the left? I mean, we're going to have to keep an eye on it for the rest of the episodes. It hasn't been something we've been watching. But yeah, we're going to keep again, an eye we, on it. It's not even canon that George is a righty because Jason Alexander is a lefty. And I think we've seen him use the left hand a bunch of times already. So George and Betsy are together and George is on the wrong side. He is on the right. He needs to be on the left. So he's on the wrong side, not from the our right perspective. Side. And so he needs to switch so he can go ahead and make her move. So finally, he switches. But the problem is that she's hard of hearing in that ear. And he like really like pushes her over to get to this point. Yeah, he flips her. It's a little nutty. And it it's is. also very sitcom-y in that it's not discussed, you know? <laughs> okay, why did it's you do like, that? It's not like, sorry, whoops, get out of here. It's just nothing. And the phone rings. And George, because he's sensing he's close to moving in on this ninth date, to go ahead. I mean, that's really a lot of time commitment to not even get to a kiss at this point. I mean, we see, we see again, just like with Jerry's relationship with Sidra, like he's deep into this already. And like we, we see George, he's already checked out. Like we'll see him on the phone now. Like he's, he's at this point giving up basically on the ninth date. I mean, nine dates. Is this over a month? He hasn't gotten a kiss from this woman. It's gotta be. I mean, again, George has nothing going on in his life at this point, but still, I, I, you know, he is uh, he's reeling at this point. He's probably just about ready to get out of the relationship. And also, it's so odd to me about how when the death in the family comes up and Kramer and Jerry are pushing George into, oh, you got to do this. You could be the boyfriend. Oh, and he's like, I don't know. Why is George pushing so hard to be the boyfriend here? He's on nine dates. He hasn't gotten a kiss. We have no reason to suspect why George is head over heels for <laughs> Betsy with all due respect to Megan Mullally. It's not like, Oh my God, this is the, the supermodel. I mean, there was nothing that was that great about her. Why? I don't know why he just doesn't want to cut bait with Betsy at this point. Yeah. I think he did want to cut bait and then Kramer sort of ropes him in and you know, he's a come with guy. So he sort of, he, he, he likes a good caper and he gets sort of yeah. uh, pull, pulled into the caper. But the appeal for them, they say, it's like 10 dates in one shot. It's a relationship <laughs> accelerator. Well, he's already on the ninth date. What's going to be the difference between the ninth date and being like he's on the 19th date or the 20th date? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, when we get up to that, like there's a few things that really aren't very logical Wait, about the whole plan. Is she rich? Does she have a great 
car? Is she, I mean, what is the attraction to her? Is it just that he's, and it doesn't know anybody else? Does she have a great building? We really don't get a lot of Betsy. So it's hard to really rip her because it's not like she's some wet blanket, like some of these other, you know, one-time girlfriends. But we don't, we really needed like another scene of Betsy to know if she's like worthwhile or not. Yeah. All right. So George and Betsy, (laughs) the phone is ringing. He says, don't answer the phone. She says, what if it's an emergency? He says, it's three emergencies in the world. Tops right now. (laughs) And she answers the phone and it's like, hello? Oh my God. (laughs) He's like, all right, maybe four. Maybe four emergencies. All right, Elaine is in the sauna with Sidra. And she's looking down at Sidra, judging. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think, like, it's funny. First of all, Elaine's gone from, like, I'm not going to check to, like, oh, I'm super interested. And... I mean, can can she just check just from just from checking them out? Like, I don't know. I feel like wrapped in a towel. I feel like I don't know what you could take away from that. Right. I mean, she couldn't have anticipated that Sidra was going to like take off her towel right there in front of her. I think of any way that you could tell the answer to that question. A person with a towel wrapped around them. I feel like in the way that Sidra was sitting, I, I cannot imagine that you would be able to glean much information from that. Right, but uh, but you know she gets she gets rid of the towel right here. Okay, so she is going to lose the towel, and what does Elaine take away from that? She says they're definitely fake. Definitely fake, confirmed fake. Yeah, I mean, and again, Elaine is uh, you know she's been so on this fake bandwagon. I don't know what her evidence here is, but hmm. yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't want to uh, <laughs> go too far down this rabbit hole. I, again, I don't know how. Elaine is getting this information wrong. This confirmed. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she wants them to be again. Maybe she's just sabotaging this relationship. Like she's just like willing them to be fake almost. Yeah. Like I can feel like it would be easier to mistake. Oh no, those are, that's definitely real. And it turns out they were fake and it was a really good job. I don't know how you could walk away a hundred percent. They're fake and be wrong on that. Right, and unless she has some incision and it's like just happened or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either way. plastic surgeons out there who like want to give us any advice yes. next time. Betsy's on the phone with Aunt Clarice and George is, is killing it with the studio audience that they are dying, that he's making the sign of the crucifix, that, he, that she's flying home, he's making mime gestures, that he's flying in an airplane and people are just cracking up with George on the phone. Or it's an unusual scene, right? Yeah. He is, he is ba- I mean, he's really playing to the audience. And if you're watching Megan Mullally, she is basically trying hard not to crack up because the, the audience is laughing so hard. And George is like, she knows, like, she can't see it, but it's going on behind her. And I mean, it's, it's a very unusual scene in the history of the show where, like, you're basically like, it's almost like the fourth wall. Like, he's basically playing to the camera. Yeah. Also, kudos to Megan Mullally for holding the phone to her supposedly good ear. Oh, that's a good call. I was watching for that in this episode if people are going to be talking to her on the left side and if she's using the ear that she can hear with. I watched for that. More to come. She's a a serious actor. (laughs) Yes. Jerry and Elaine are back in Jerry's apartment. Elaine reports back to Jerry. This chick is playing with Confederate money. Ooh, how timely. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we do not support confederate money on this podcast no. you, but I, I but i feel like it would be worth a lot nowadays mm, like it would be no, the opposite it's of what not worth saying. the paper it's printed on what, 
Rob, I'm sure it's worth a lot. I'm sure if you go on eBay, I'm sure it's worth tons. No, no, we are, it's <laughs> worth nothing to us. Okay. Okay. So is that the, the an apt analogy of can, she's playing with Confederate money? I mean, you usually hear like fake is a $2 bill, right? That's, that's sort of the analogy. Yeah. I've never heard that one, but certainly if it was then it got, it got, you know, taken out of the lexicon very quickly afterwards, it died down because I've never heard it other than this episode. But does the analogy work for you? Is a person with breast implants playing with counterfeit money? No, because it's real money. It's just like, uh, are it's just, augmented breasts any less valuable than authentic God-given ones? Oh man, we're really going to alienate our, uh, like plastic surgery, you know, audience. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, can you nurse with, with implants? Can you, can you You're breastfeed? Not, don't ask any serious medical questions. I, I do see, not, I don't know. Cause that would be like a real question, right? I'm not sure what the answer is there. Yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine that you would say an augmented breast is worth less than a regular one. You think they're worth the same? Well, it's worth a lot more in the sense you paid a lot of money for them. Well, it's like putting work into your house, right? Sure, you, you're just you're just up in the value in case you sell it. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I mean, again, you have a you have a good job or a bad job, but I feel like you've you have hopefully improved what it was like before. If anything, you would be having some sort of improvement. This would be like yeah, doubling your money, not counterfeit is, money. So you're saying it's not like Mickey Mantle corking his bat? It's not like Mickey Mantle corking his bat. No, I do. I do not. Unless Jerry has is some weird naturalist, I don't understand why this is like Mickey Mantle corking his bat. Yeah, and Elaine even says you've dated one with nose nose jobs, so it's not like he's totally anti surgery on all accounts. Yes, and what he says is that no guy has ever tried to look up a woman's nostrils. Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. All right. So here comes Kramer. <laughs> so uh, Kramer comes in and he's talking about how he saw Salman Rushdie in the sauna. Are you familiar with Salman Rushdie? Sure. Yeah, there was a big fatwa against him back then. <laughs> yeah. Which- he is the author of the book, The Satanic Verses, and apparently had lots of people of Muslim descent upset with him. Uh, Lane says five million, which five seems million. like... A- so not like, very many. That's not many? Well, there's there's like a billion Muslims, aren't there? Or hundreds of millions. So. He's only upset five million. I don't know. That <laughs> maybe that's not so bad. Okay. Or unless there's five million who are actively trying to get him, then he's in big trouble. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. All right, so we're gonna see Kramer, Jerry, and George in the sauna. And George is pining for Betsy, and he talks about how he likes her too much and, and about how he puts her on a pedestal. This does not sound like the same person that we've seen before. Did you find that the problem was with Betsy was that George puts her on a pedestal? No, not at all. <laughs> We're a dental chair. Yeah, Kramer puts them in a dental chair. I guess they must be have-nots. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, I don't even, Kramer, like, Kramer's not making any sense in this scene at all. <laughs> I do like when Kramer tries to say, uh, so, it's like a sauna in here. They're just like, ah, oh, funny guy. <laughs> like yeah, he says this a few times. You know, we had a theory a few weeks back that Kramer is like a big 
stoner and po- possibly a drug dealer, and that's how he's able to live the way he, do- mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. And I really think like episodes like this really reinforce that that's probably the correct theory. <laughs> he's just like saying nonsense and he's like focusing on weird things and yeah. random asides. So they talk about that George should go with her to the funeral because he'd be the consolation guy. There's nothing better than the consolation guy. Kramer and Jerry really push the consolation guy on to George. Is the consolation guy a thing, Akiva? I mean, I have no idea. I, I do think like he's, you know, he's had nine dates and nothing. Right. And so it's this is a Hail Mary. If this if it doesn't happen here, it's never going to happen. Right. But it's George has got nothing else going on. So I guess in his mind, it is worth a shot. Uh, maybe not for the amount of money he's going to spend. Um, and in the end, it's not going to be worth it. But uh, I, th- I think I understand why George is being, you know, is able to be roped into this situation. Yeah. And so the Constellation guy, they're really pushing for it. It's like 10 dates in one shot. And so what you need to do is that you could get a death in the family fair. And they tell him about this death in the family thing. Now, again, if we're talking about things that are canon or aren't canon, we saw earlier this season that Kramer says, hey, let me buy tickets on your credit card at the airport so we can get the miles and then we'll cancel the tickets. And George ended up getting not only burned on paying for the tickets, but also was accosted by some sort of domestic terrorist, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the, the whole thing here is way too similar to an episode that really just happened a few weeks ago, no? It's very similar. Doesn't make any sense. Like, what, like did they forget? Is it like the both episodes were written and, you know, they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to, you know, you know, change the airport. And the other guy's like, I'm not going to change the implant. Like, all right, we'll do both. Yeah. It, like, it's the identical, it's such a specific and identical scenario. And like, Kramer's talking about the miles and getting the miles back. Like, why are we doing this joke twice? They must have forgotten or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's not that big of a deal in this story, but they try to get him to do it. But why would George do this again? He would say, again, Kramer? Right. It makes sense that Kramer has the idea again. I'm, you know, I'm talking about the writer's room here. It makes sense Kramer has the idea again, but it failed so miserably. I mean, George got beat up in the in the airplane bathroom. He's lucky to be alive, right? By like the most wanted man in America. <laughs> so, yeah. and they're also going like, to Kramer's going to pay half because then he's going to get the miles for his card, and then he's going to go on a trip. But that doesn't really go anywhere. Well, the Puerto Rico. He mentions Puerto Rico, which is just to you know set up the the last scene where where Elaine and Kramer are coming in to talk about Puerto Rico. Okay. Well, that was a long way to go for that. Yeah, it's true. Listen, sometimes they throw in one very minor thing, and it ends up paying off. So Sidra. And the girl in the sauna are talking. And so she's talking about how she ended up breaking up with Jerry or Jerry ended up breaking it up with her. Elaine refers to Sidra as Silicon Valley, which is very meta because in 23 years, Elaine will be on a show on HBO, which will be followed by a show <laughs> called Silicon Valley. Wow. How prescient of Elaine. She called it. <laughs> So Sidra is talking to this woman and talking about how that this guy broke it off with her because he was going back to his ex-girlfriend and she had mental issues. Yeah. And Sidra's uh, description of Jerry here is pretty interesting, right? She says he's obsessed with neatness and order. He would have made a great Nazi. 
such a weird throwaway line, right? It's funny, but it's like, uh, it's, it's strange. Yeah. Now, Elaine chirps in. She says, hey, does he talk about Superman all the time? She's like, yeah, he does. Do you know him? She's like, no, I know his type. Why does Elaine say this? Right. So number one, Elaine should be saying nothing, right? Because she shouldn't, because if she never says anything, then, you know, it makes it less obvious, you know, that her and Jerry know each other, which is obviously going to come into play very soon. Mm -hmm. But right. Why does she specifically say, does he ever talk about Superman? She knows he's, she's talking about Jerry, right? That's not like she's just making sure that Sidra's talking about Jerry. Right. So Elaine's line is just completely stupid. Yeah. I mean, should she say something like, oh, like uh, you're talking about Jerry or should she have said something just totally matter of fact of like, uh, hey, it's it's like a sauna in here, right? (laughs) Yeah, she should have said nothing or yeah, she definitely should not have, you know, insinuated herself into this conversation. Well, the reason why she needs to say a line is because she has to introduce herself so she can go over to shake her hand and then she ultimately falls on Sidra. And we get a very funny piece of camera work where it looks like Elaine is going right, uh, coming right into the camera. Yeah, very iconic POV. Yeah, we should see. <laughs> yes. Elaine is back in Jerry's apartment. She tells Jerry she touched them. What was Elaine's plan, by the way, in the sauna? I don't think she had a plan. Was she going to like shake her hand and like brush up against them? Like, I don't understand what Elaine's. Oh, I don't like, think she was, was going to do anything. I think she was just legitimately going to shake her hand and she fell. I think she was out on the plan that Jerry, she confirmed fake. She was just going to go shake a hand to be polite and then accidentally confirmed real. Right. Okay. I think she was off the case. Right. She was off the case. And but like who shakes hands in a sauna? I don't know. I don't that. I don't know. I don't know sauna etiquette. Have you ever been in a sauna? I have, but I have not. I don't believe been in a sauna with like a bunch of people. No. Like sometimes you go to ever... and they have like a small one. Mm-hmm. I think I've been in there. Never... Yeah, now that I think about it, I have been in a sauna, but not for many years. Yeah. It gets really think. hot quickly. I don't know why. Like, I don't know why it's a thing. Like, I understand it for like cutting weight for the wrestling team or something. But other than that, I don't know why it's a hobby. Mm. Okay. In certain countries, it's like a really big deal. I think in like Finland, it's like pe- in Finland, it's like the number one activity because it's cold. I think, but they love the the schwitz. They love the sauna. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you rather? Would you rather be freezing or would you rather be sweating? I'd rather be sweating. Well, there's got to be like they have to have you know like heating indoors or something. I I don't want I don't want either. I don't want to be freezing and I don't want to like walk into the sauna and then like you have to take a shower after the sauna and it's like it's like a lot of effort. A lot of effort, a lot going on there. Get all those toxins out. And so Elaine is confirmed. She touched them and she thinks that they might be real. I mean, I almost think like, I don't know. I I feel like looking at them and I don't know which one is a better, which is like a better um, sort of identifier. Like if, if looking at them or like accidentally brushing, falling on them for like two seconds. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Now, Jerry scoffs at what does Elaine know? He says that he's a better expert to be able to tell from touch about breasts. Elaine says, well, I've touched my breasts. And Jerry says, so have I. Yeah. And she has like a weird response. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> so, in your mind, oh boy, if, if there was somebody with fake testicles, <laughs> yeah, who would be able to better tell if they were real or not? You or a woman? Yeah, that's a good who has question. Been, who has been dating, dating around for for many years? Dating around, yeah, a lot of sponges. Who would be able to better tell if somebody had fake testicles? I think this is the best question that we've added on the whole series. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, my initial instinct would be me for sure. Yes. Well, going back, even to- though, even if I've seen far fewer testicles than than the person who's my competition, and to keep it in Seinfeld terms. When we are going to talk about, uh, I forget what the name of the episode is, where Elaine is uh, dating the guy where she wants to take him to the other side to play for her team. Jerry right. talks about how the people on the, on the other team, they own the equipment. They're not right, renting They have the equipment. the equipment already. Yeah. And you get to double your wardrobe. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a really good question. Well, what do you think? See, my gut is to say also that I would be able to better tell, but the whole, you know, reverse mirror, reverse everything. If it if it's on, you know, now I'm now everything's everything's in a different place. I don't know. Well, I think women would know this better. The, like, I, I think women would know the augmentation better. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we're sort of siding with the the same gender on both here. Because if Elaine had been with a bunch of guys who had fake testicles and been with guys that had real testicles, then I think she might be able to know which was which. Sure. I, this is also a huge um, sort of advantage to a gay person, right? Sure. They're, 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 the, they're the, the, the lock answer. In they both would be able, yeah, right. Questions. They would be able to answer the question from both, from both sides. I know what this is like, and I know what this is like, and so I can definitively answer the question. Yeah, I think they so would if really only crush. Jerry could have spotted one of the lesbians that he claims to be able to spot, then she would know what her own breasts felt like and potentially may also have been with other women with real breasts and also with fake breasts and would be the best expert to answer this question. Yeah, so maybe she would have been like he should have just paid her like 50 bucks the to go in there. The woman that he spotted out. to be the lesbian, he should yeah. have had her going to the sauna and that would have fixed everything. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that would have also blown up in Jerry's face. But oh, what could go wrong, Akiva? <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Starting but, with you're a lesbian, aren't you? <laughs> Slap <what>? and then <laughs> end of the episode. Um, are you a lesbian? You put up a sign in the gym. Are you a lesbian who wants to make a quick fifty bucks? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, and nothing else. Um, All right. So Elaine ends this conversation by saying they're real, and Elaine thinks that they're spectacular. Yeah, and uh, so this line, I, they always say that like Larry just threw in the line to Terry Hatcher at the end. So I wonder if she, if this is also like, uh, you know, they 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 did this again at the end after they had the original line. Well, this is another thing that's like apocryphal because in the, the inside look, I think Jerry says that he wrote this line. They're real and they're spectacular. Yeah, I've seen Terry Hatcher uh, credit LD, I think, for that. Mm. I don't know, maybe Jerry told Larry to say it. I was actually I was looking on Twitter if Terry Hatcher has like she doesn't have that many followers. Yeah, uh, I was looking if she has like ever made these, that joke on Twitter, but yeah. uh, she's not. She she's is not. not. 
Like about anything, like her searching her name in spectacular. Like, give me an example of what she would use that in context. No, it would just be like, I just made a tomato soup. Uh, it's real and it's spectacular. <laughs> I don't know. My daughter just made an art project in school. It is both real and spectacular. You don't think so? I mean, she 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 definitely has a, a of all like the one or two or three time guest stars. She definitely has like a very close connection to the series, even though she, um you know, goes on to greater heights after this. Yes. Yes. Like she post, she posted, I saw like a, some like throwback picture. Like she was on the set because she's in the finale. She was on the set when the show ended. So she's like right there when they're like crying and hugging yeah. at the, you know, the very end of the series finale. Like maybe if remember when there was like the hacking scandal and they said like, there was a bunch of pictures of like, and they put like a lot of pictures out there, like right after the Jennifer Lawrence stuff. And a lot of them were fake and stuff like that. Maybe like if somebody leaked Terry Hatcher pics, she could tweet out. They're not real, but they're spectacular. Something Uh like that. This is a very, this is like an elaborate (laughs) fan fiction hacking thing. (laughs) She did it herself just so she could, and then Twitter could go nuts. I'm like, oh my God, Terry, that, be, that so would funny. be, that would be like the fourth most retweeted tweet ever. <laughs> That's fair. It'd be like, you'd go on like Buzzfeed and it was like, Terry Hatcher has the best sense of humor of all time. Here's why. <laughs> How old is Terry Hatcher? If I had to guess right now. Yeah. Boy, this is 1993 when this episode is on. I'll say she's 24. Five, and so I will say that she is 48 years old. Yeah, close enough. She's 50. 50. I was being nice. I knew she was 50. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea. I have I no mean, idea. I, like, I, like many uh, actor, actresses who hit 50, uh, her IMDb page is slowing down. Hmm. Okay. Her, her, the only role she's had in the last two years, uh, which hasn't come out yet, she's just titled as Mom. Yeah. Has she done anything since Desperate Housewives? I mean, first of all, she probably doesn't need to, right? They were making a ton of money there. Yeah. She did uh, a few episodes of Jane by Design. Yeah. Uh, short, long answer, no. Okay. Oh, she was in Planes. You probably get that's. By the way, that's easy work. Planes? We should, like, it was like an animated movie. Okay. Got it. I'm saying, like, we should get into that. That's like, you know, me and you, you literally phone in our voices. Lines. Yeah, oh my gosh. That's you know, a lot of money for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, that should be... The, this is all a journey. This uh, long erotic journey from Seinfeld podcasting to being in Pixar movies. Let's make it Give happen. us that voiceover money, guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what's coming up next after this. Well, and that's a dream job for both of us because we don't have to leave our house. That's perfect. Kramer and George are at the airport. And they're going into a whole song and dance number about this where Kramer is his aunt passed away and he's really selling this hard. So George could get the bereavement fair, which everything looks like it's working. But the woman at the counter is going to need a copy of the death certificate documentation. I mean, I feel like the death certificate is really hard to get. Yes. Like, and again, this situation probably happened. Like if this is the actual rule, then this situation probably happens a lot where like, let's say it's somebody's aunt or uncle. It's still awkward to ask for the death certificate to save like a hundred bucks. No. Right. And I am sure that after this Seinfeld episode aired, the number of people asking for the bereavement discount, 
probably skyrocketed. And oh, no point, question. I'm sure they tightened up their policies. I don't even know if they do it anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Like you always hear about like, let, let's say something like this happens last second and then someone's just booking like a $2,000 flight somewhere, you know, the last minute. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it, I, again, this would be a question for Johnny DeSilvera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he'll know. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, get back to us on that. But yeah, I could tell you for in my own, <laughs> to, to put the, put, put the joking around for, for a side. Uh, I could tell you for in my own instance, when my dad died, my parents lived in New York. I lived in Los Angeles. I, I got on a jet blue flight that night. Uh, and I think that I had my wife call the airline and I don't think that they could do anything. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're, if they do anything, although I just Googled and Delta at least has a page about bereavement. So, but it probably says like, uh, do you do bereavement? No. And the Delta's frequently asked questions. Right. So I'm not sure if you need to buy the ticket that way or, is, or they're not available on a certain. So I, I think it's a lot of hoops to jump through. And, and it really, in, in fairness, like it was, the ticket was a little expensive, but it wasn't like one of these things where you have to pay like a couple thousand dollars to fly the day mm-hmm. of. Right. Sometimes same day plane tickets can be like exorbitantly expensive. And you think like, who would ever buy that? Yeah. Like you could charter your own flight for that price. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much, uh, you know, standard, uh, standard fare at that point. But Elaine and Jerry are in the apartment and Jerry was eating a bowl of cereal before when Elaine came in. Now Elaine is sitting at the table eating a bowl of cereal in the same spot. And so Jerry is like, wow, he doesn't mind somebody with a phony personality, but he has to draw the line somewhere. That was a funny line. It's funny, but it's just so silly. Like, we're not buying it, Jerry. Who cares? Yeah, the whole plot doesn't make any sense. No, no, no. Like, it, it really made sense then. Like, I remember watching it when I was a kid. And and this is probably, like, my favorite episode when I was, like, little. But no, but I remember watching it when I was a kid. And, and, like, the whole thing made sense. Like, hey, you do need to know if they're real or fake. Maybe it was just the 90s thing, you know? Mm. We are in a very post-hammer time society where we're just accepting of everybody. Acceptance for all. Kramer saw Salman Rushdie. So he thinks. <laughs> so we see Jerry at the gym with Kramer and they're seeing Sidra talking to what appears to be Salman Rushdie. And Kramer and Jerry have a funny conversation, but I'm not sure if it's one that holds water for me. They're talking about, well, if that's Rushdie, then they're real. Well, if they're, they're real, then that's Rushdie. Is Salman Rushdie the kind of person that would only associate with someone with real <laughs> breasts and would not ever associate himself with somebody who has had breast implants? Is there any reason to believe that if that's Rushdie, then those are real? No, and I, this is one of these like probability questions, like my daughter's homework, where it's like, you know, answer C, there is no... Uh, there's no answer with the amount of information given, right? It's like right. Rushdie, you know, Sidra and 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 Rushdie. Re, if 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 she's real, then it's the real him. Like we need we need another piece of information here. That's not true. Yeah, <laughs> no way to tell from that. <laughs> so Kramer is in the sauna with Salman Rushdie, and Kramer uses his opening line: "Hey, it's like a sauna in here." He's back in the desert. Yeah. Now 
wouldn't the desert be the opposite of the sauna where, yes, it's very hot, but without any humidity? Yeah, but again, Kramer's throwing that out of his mind. <laughs> so Salman Rushdie introduces himself to Kramer, and it turns out he's actually named Sal Bass. Sal Bass, which is like, if he was going for a pseudonym, it probably wouldn't start with the same three letters, right? Right, and he says he's a writer. Now, in the season finale, when we see Salman Rushdie and Sidra together, is that confirmed that it is Salman Rushdie? I want to say he yes. Makes, because He says a line, I don't remember what the line is, but he says a line regarding the satanic verses, right? Yeah, I, I do think they're showing you it to say like, they're real, they're spectacular, and, and Salmon is real also. Okay. George is at the funeral. It is weird, right, that they don't, that they don't settle. Like, they settle the Sidra stuff in this episode, but they don't settle the Salmon. Uh, like, there's no payoff at all here mm-hmm. with the Sal Bass stuff, right? Yeah. It's just like, sometimes Seinfeld is just like Forrest Gump, where they just want to bring in notable personalities into this universe for no reason like last week where we talked about the woman with the goiter who had an affair with Gandhi like that didn't really go anywhere but now Gandhi is somehow connected to the Seinfeld universe sure yeah and like you know Mickey Mantle like the people off screen like Joe D at Dinky Donuts or Mickey Mantle at the fantasy camp yeah just bringing everybody into this so we see George at the funeral and now interestingly he is standing on the side of Betsy, which is her bad hearing side. Well, is this awake, by the way? I would say that this is, this is, does not seem to be awake because there, we did not see a body there. Right. We don't see the body, but again, they're they're not necessarily showing you the body, but this doesn't seem like it's a funeral home. And it seems like it's somebody's house, right? Is awake always at a funeral home? I mean, typically you'd have a wake where you know the body is there and you're sort of you're sort of paying respects but you're not going to have chips and dip at the No. Wake. No, I think that would be un- I've only been to one wake. Yeah. This seems like this is some sort of post funeral reception back at the house. Yeah, I, I would guess that's what it is. Yeah, like a post the the Jewish the equivalent of the Jewish shiva. Yeah. Yeah, but this doesn't last for days. This is probably just like the afternoon of the funeral. Right. At somebody's house. And so there is George. He's talking with, he's gets introduced to brother Timmy. That's going to pay off. And then George is going to go talk with the pastor. And he's just like shoveling finger sandwiches into his face. What do you think is on these sandwiches? They look weird. I don't know. They look like some sort of like, like cucumber sandwiches or some sort of like thing with like the crust cut off. I don't know, sort of like a little bit of a fancy like finger sandwich thing. The, uh, the, the pastor is like is is giving off this really creepy vibe also, right? Yeah. Well, that's a whole different podcast. Well, he also well, he's also uh, the sometimes pastor or uh, um, is, if you're father, does that mean you're pastor? No. Does that make you a minister? You know, honestly, I really, I, I'm confused <laughs> as to priest, minister, pastor, where, where the, the lines are very blurry to me. All I know is from seventh heaven. <laughs> and you don't want to be that kind of pastor. <laughs> right. 
Um, so yeah, but he gives off a creepy vibe. Unfortunately, uh, he's not eligible to come on the podcast. The past. Oh, I just, uh, just cause he's a creep. Yeah. <laughs> no. And cause he's not alive anymore. Yeah. But, um, uh, he, right. So he, uh, he gives off a vibe. So George is asking him about the death certificate. Now I don't know why the pastor would have the death certificate. Yeah. I, I think he's sort of like, like, all right, he's not, this isn't going to get back to the father, you know, of, of Betsy. Like he needs to sort of like, who would have it? How can I get in here? Mm-hmm. All right. So Kramer and Jerry are fighting about the Salman Rushdie thing. Jerry calls Kramer an idiot, but he sets up that he's going to get back together, have that date with Sidra tonight. Yeah. I mean, Sidra, like it's, if you think about the way Jerry breaks up with Sidra, it's, you know, it's interesting that Sidra even considers going out with Jerry, but maybe, you know, she's only interested in famous, famous people, Sam and Rushdie, Jerry was, you know, just been on the tonight show. I don't know how he rebounds from this. <laughs> like going back to the outing a couple of weeks ago, I, I one, I don't know how he rebounded with the NYU reporter to get back yeah. to where he was like hooking up with her. And then I don't know how he's able to get back with Citra. He told her he was getting back together with his ex-girlfriend who was mentally ill. Did he like, ah, you know, the only thing that would work, I thought about this, was to say, you know what, things were moving too fast and I have commitment issues and, you know, I really like you, but it was moving too fast. So I just made up the story about my ex-girlfriend. That, I mean, that just makes, that's like there's 12 red flags in that sentence, no? Sure. Sure, there are. But... What if he said, like, you know, it, it's it's over, uh, you know, she's in a mental institution? Mm, it's a fatal attraction situation. You don't want to be yeah, a part what, of that. What's it like? There's got to be something better because, again, same thing with the NYU. Like, we don't even really know, like, how he swung her over. I guess he swung her over. Like, the NYU reporter, like, at least felt really bad yeah. that she had outed him incorrectly. So once he was able to convince her that he wasn't gay, she sort of, like, owed it to him. <laughs> I still Whereas like here, my story, Akiva. I like I, you so much <laughs> that I was getting scared that I'm really falling for you. So I made up this story about my ex-girlfriend that wasn't, that wasn't real. Because I, I realize, know, like, I, I feel like it's a too big of a lie to start the relationship. Perfect. On. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll ask Jerry what actually happened when he comes on. George is now talking to the doctor, and you tell the doctor about the death certificate because he's going to make a scrapbook for Betsy. I really, one of George's best lies because there's <laughs> almost no way to make it seem normal that you right that you're that you're like. Why do you need the death certificate? And again, the, the cover-up is always worse than the crime, they say, Rob, right? Yes. Well, why not just say, like, you know, even if you lie about the amount that it costs, like, the flight cost me $2,000. Uh, I need to make $1,000 back by getting the death certificate. Like, this is not the appropriate place, obviously, for that. Like, yeah. the time, at least. But they're, they're going to give you the death certificate if you just ask for it, no? I don't know. I don't know what the nah, don't is. ask now, but unless there's like a real time sensitive issue where the airline needs it in a few days, if he asks Betsy, it's just her aunt. It's not like and she's been sick for years, she said, right? It's not like her mom died. Uh, I think or, he doesn't want gra- Betsy to know. I think he want, doesn't want to seem cheap to Betsy. So the whole point of doing this is to get in good with Betsy. And he's yeah. worried about coming off cheap to Betsy. Yeah, I mean, even if you ask like uh, the dad. Yeah. Or the you know whoever whoever is parent it's not, uh you know who's not mourning right now for like it's say like I don't want to 
bother Betsy with it. But do you mind? Like he'd get that in two seconds. Like when people start dating someone, the in-laws, they'll do whatever the, the, the boyfriend and girlfriend want, unless they really hate them. Yeah. Unless they no? hate them. So I, I mean, I, like if, unless it's like one of these things where they want you to break up. Yeah. Like, I, I went to a girl's house once when I was uh, like oh. high school age. And I like the girl said like, uh, well, like what kind of foods do you like? And I, I like mentioned like 25 different foods. And when I got there, like all 25 foods were on the table. Oh my God. And so like the mother really wanted to impress. I'm like, I, I'm sure like that, you know, and same thing. I'm sure with my mother-in-law when I, you know, the first time I, I went down to Florida, I'm sure I got all the food I wanted. And now it's like, Hey ma, you know, where's the spaghetti? Like cook me something for dinner. It's 11 o'clock at night. Did you used to tell girls when you were younger, Hey, do you want to come back to my room and see my treadmill? Because you've been running through my mind all day. <laughs> I didn't even have the treadmill till I was like 17. Um, no, I never had girls. Tell my wife, I never had girls back in my room. I, I think, you know, I should, I should have had that problem, but I guess they heard about the treadmill and they were scared away. They wanted to run far for, away from me. They just never seemed to come up. To well, once you get them running, you just get them running on the treadmill. Uh, unfortunately, it, it would have been, yeah. All right. <laughs> so George goes to have a chip. And it's a very famous scene when George takes the chip and then he dips the chip and then he takes a bite and then he dips the chip again. And Timmy, like a hawk, is on him. This Timmy is amazing here, no? Oh, he's great. <laughs> he's great. He really hits a home run. Like you gave Timmy the scraps of food and he and he hits a grand slam. He says, What are you doing? You just double dip the chip. What do you mean? What do you mean? George like normally would just lie with this type of thing and say like, no, I didn't. I didn't double dip and not do it again. But he's so indignant here. And he just says like, oh, there's nothing wrong. Like I'll double dip whenever I want. Like, why can't he just admit that he made a mistake and he won't? What Timmy comes up, he's like, just don't do it again. And George really escalates this. (laughs) No. Yeah, it was really unprovoked, especially if George is trying to be the boyfriend and trying to be a nice guy. Like, there's no chance that Timmy doesn't go and tell Betsy about this. Like, this whole trip is a waste if Timmy goes and tells Betsy, you know, your boyfriend is a real piece of work. Like, what do you mean? He's double dipping chips. Like, what? Oh, you think that's going to break them up (laughs) if if Timmy rats on the double dipping chips? Uh, Obviously, it's a big deal in this family. No, I think like I think Timmy's actually reasonable here. He just says don't do it again. Well, no, I'm saying the way that George handles it, obviously, like if George would have been like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm so upset about everything. I just totally forgot. I lost my head about the whole thing. Then he would have been fine. But 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 he because he's such a confrontational jerk, he wastes this entire trip. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, listen, it, George is he. He, certain people in life, I'm sure you know a couple of people like this, are just doomed to failure in whatever they do. And that's George, right? Like he, It's just how is he going to screw it up, not if he's going to screw it up. Yeah. There are people in life who can't handle success, and that's George Costanza, no? Yes, absolutely. He's the biff. Rob, the television show Mythbusters tested the theory that double dipping was like putting your whole mouth right into the dip. And on their, what did they uh, come up with? April 22nd, 2009 episode. Okay. Uh, the Mythbusters found that double dipping produced fewer microbes than putting uh, all the dip in your mouth. And the amount of microbes present was negligible compared to the amount found in regular dip. So not a big deal to double dip the chip. 
what do you mean if you put all the dip in your mouth? Like if you put, took the whole bowl of dip and put it in your mouth and then put it back in the bowl? That double dipping produced fewer microbes than putting all the dip in your mouth. Like, well, he says, put your whole mouth right in the dip. I think that, I think they are saying that wrong here that it's because the Timmy says it's like putting your whole mouth right in the dip. Yeah. So they're saying, what if you did that? No, it's not the same. Okay. <laughs> That's why you're wrong, Timmy. I should have watched the whole episode of Mythbusters. I, that was my mistake. You're wrong again, Timmy. So George dips uh, away and then Timmy and George get into a fist fight. I mean, first of all, you know, this is pretty crazy. They're just like throwing down at, you know, basically right after the funeral. Does Timmy have emotional issues? Is there any way that George comes out of this? Like, has Timmy done stuff like this before where this is just like typical Timmy where George can maybe get out of this? I mean, I think they want you to think that Timmy is a weirdo, right? He's sitting by himself in the corner. Maybe there's something a little off about brother Timmy, but I don't, I I don't know. I, I wish we got more Timmy. Yeah, too bad he Sadly couldn't come time, back for the finale. With, what, what's that? Too bad he couldn't come back for the finale. Yeah, I mean, I guess if like the finale was endless, like it was already five hours, but if, if they really just wanted like everyone who's wronged, the, you know, who they've wronged, I feel like, you know, you could have had like a real quick montage of Timmy saying like, he double dipped the chip. That's a famous <laughs> enough scene. It would have been, you, the problem is you don't recognize, you wouldn't recognize Timmy when he walks up to the stand, right? Yeah. And you would have had two people testifying from the same episode. Yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, but it's a good episode. Like, but (laughs) that is true. They're lucky Sam and Rushdie doesn't testify, (laughs) but he wouldn't. He'd have to like it'd have to be like on the videotape because he doesn't want people to know where they are. So Sidra is at Jerry's apartment. She doesn't even know why she's there. So at least that they at least threw us a bone here of her saying, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Yeah, no, this is fair. Like, because we clearly want to see her here as like, uh, you know, she is very, you know, anything that goes wrong here is going to send her out of the apartment. Like Jerry's, Jerry has two and a half strikes. So Sidra ends up sitting to Jerry's right, which is a problem. Yeah. And again, it's one thing if George has trouble with the right and the left, but like Jerry has so much success with the ladies. I don't know why. Like, it's just in his head at this point. Like, why does he care? which side she's on. It it seems like it works out well for Jerry on either side. Again, let's watch that to see if Jerry is ever on the alternate side. Uh, We will definitely, we'll definitely be keeping track of that. Okay. So they finally switch and then (laughs) this is like an awkward pause. He's like, so how you doing? And then he just blurts out. So James Mansfield had some big breasts. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It should scare her away, but she actually like engages in the conversation. Yeah. I feel like it's a Seinfeld thing, though, where if something awkward is just out there, that's the move is just to throw out some random celebrity and say that they had the same condition that you're talking about. Right. It's a little bit like uh, my father wears uh, shoes in the in the pool. Because just like in the episode, The Good Samaritan, when the woman has done the hit and run to the car. Jerry's just in the car with her and she actually says, you know, who's a good actor, Anthony Quinn. And then he says, Oh, Anthony, Anthony Quinn. Well, from what I understand, he's not a good driver. He hits everything on the road and he always leaves a note. Yeah. So it's very good. That's very similar to what we have here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, but it's here. It's like, he's selling it. And I don't know if she's like totally buying this. Mm. She has a good line though. He says that her breasts were choking her. And she says, like, yeah, I, I hear that's how she died. So she's kind of 
rolling yeah, look, with you're right. She does play along with it. It's like a pretty good line. And she's like laughing. But it, it's, you know, if you're dating a comedian, you're, there's probably a lot of pressure on you. Yeah. And so he's talking about how women seem to have bigger breasts these days. Again, this is a kind of a pervy line of conversation. And she says, well, you know, a lot of women have had them done and people wanted to know if she had them done. Yeah. And then Jerry goes like way too far. He should not have said the Yeah. People ask me if you've had them done. Yeah, who's asking him? How many people know he knows her? Well, Elaine asked, but right. It doesn't make any sense. Like, right. How many mutual friends do they have? Who's asked? Sam and Rush, they ask. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. She says, I think you'll find out soon enough. Okay. That's a lead. Yeah, I mean, is this like, so this is not their second date or anything. We don't know exactly how many dates they've gone they've been out a few times. When do you think is an appropriate time, if ever, to ask this for this line of questioning? Never. Just <laughs> Never appropriate. Yeah. Let's say, let's say he's seen them and he still doesn't know. He's, when can I, he ask? Has he, he is seen, and but not, but not. No, no, no. Like they've been, let's say they've been dating for months, whatever. He's just not sure if they're real or not. I think, you know. Maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. I think you'd know. <laughs> I think, I no at, at that point where there is carnal knowledge, I, I believe, you know. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take my own word for it. I don't know for sure. I think you'd know. Right, but but it just in general, so it's never okay to ask uh, beforehand. If it comes up in conversation, it is fine to pursue the rest of the conversation. <laughs> it is not ever okay to ask. I feel like if the person did, then they'd be fine. Like they they did it for a reason. They'd probably be fine. To, and if they didn't, it's probably a compliment. No. I think it's one of those things about asking, are you pregnant? Really? It's not as problematic, but I just think it's just not something you ask. So Sidra is telling Jerry, you're about to find out. And there's a knock at the door. It's Kramer. And Jerry, I always love it when Jerry's like, no, he'll just go away. It's like, it's an emergency. And so they open the door and Kramer needs to borrow a bathing suit. What kind of emergency was this? (laughs) He needs to borrow a bathing suit. I used to do this to my college roommate where like if he didn't respond, I would text him like urgent and I'd be like, uh, you're closer to the dining room. Can you bring back dinner for both of us, please? Yes. Like he caught on, but like I would do it infrequently enough that he would still he would fall for it almost every time. And so oddly enough, in this conversation, Jerry doesn't want Kramer's boys in his bathing suit. Oddly enough, that's very logical. <laughs> This is that's like double dipping something else. Like yeah. so a double dip. Would you uh, would you share your bathing suit with somebody if they washed it? Uh, af- like if they were going to wash it afterwards, it would not be my first choice of things to do. But if somebody's like the only way we're we're at like a resort, it's not like I could go buy a bathing suit. You have two, I have zero. The only way I could go swimming today is if, Rob, you lend me your bathing suit. I think I might give the person the bathing suit and just say... Same thing. I would let them keep it. It's yours. Yeah, I would let them keep it. I'd go to Old Navy and buy a new one for $12.99. Sure, yeah. It's not worth... Totally. It's like sharing underwear. It's really not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So... (laughs) Finally tells Kramer, okay, you can go in and get the bathing suit in the bedroom. 
And now here comes Elaine. And <laughs> it's very awkward. Here's Elaine. Uh-oh, she sees Sidra. Now again, was the whole plan the whole time that Jerry had to never associate with Elaine? I feel like we had this recently in another one of the episodes where it was like, oh, we can never have it where Elaine knows that we know this person. I mean, there's a bunch of them, right? Like, uh, you know, w- w- when they're when they're like poisoning the boss, when they're when they're getting like there's in the in the early episodes, there's a bunch of them, right? Plan A is I pretty. We just talked about one like this. Hmm. Um, it's not important, but we feel like we just <laughs> we really I, just did. Yeah, the I plan the plan A here is is horrible, right? They, like uh, it was the, yeah, oh, the Russell thing, right? The Russell Dow Ripple. That what with oh yeah with Elaine all oh, right so like Elaine is with them but that see the thing with that is it was so dicey like it was so clear that they knew Elaine and they were just catching Russell at the restaurant mm-hmm. I don't know if like they and also like Jerry wasn't marrying Russell like Jerry can go a couple of years of having the show on the air without him Russell Dalrymple ever meeting Elaine even though clearly that's not going to happen yeah uh, later this season but. I, the, the, like Jerry can't have a longtime girlfriend and not have Elaine who literally comes into his apartment unannounced in the middle, like at night right now. Like he can't, he can't just avoid Elaine for the next, you know, potentially the rest of his life. Yeah. Okay. So there's not really a plan here. All right. So the other part of this is that Elaine is going to show Kramer pictures from Puerto Rico from when Jerry and Elaine went down there together. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so again, so that's like the quick, you know, Kramer wants to go to Puerto Rico with the scam, and that's, uh, you know, that's coming into play here because Kramer really is very light lifting in this episode. Yeah, and so then on top of that, now that's enough for Sidra. It's too much. Yeah, this is strike three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the question is, can Sidra real? Like, it's fine. So Sidra realizes Jerry's a creep, that he's friends with Elaine. Can Sidra really, in this instant, put everything together that Jerry convinced Elaine to check? Just because Jerry was talking about uh, who has real ones and who doesn't, and Elaine fell on her in the thing? Like, is that really enough information for Sidra to realize so. what happened? I think so. This is the it information is. that she has. That Jerry had the ex-girlfriend that was mentally unstable. And Elaine knew a lot about him in the sauna. There's the Superman line where she obviously knew him. And then she falls on her in the sauna. And that's already a weird thing. And then she comes up there and talks about how they used to be together. And it seems like she walked into Jerry's apartment. It's too much. It's just like, this is too weird. I'm out of here. I mean, I do. I think like, okay. I mean, that makes sense. I do feel bad a little bit for the gang in this episode because usually their, um, you know, like their their plans are like nefarious. Where here it was pretty simple; like they just want to know if uh, if they're real or not, and and like because they're not intending for her to basically harass Sidra by falling on her. You know, it, the, really, you know, uh, Jerry kind of got roped in this whole thing. Yeah, it's a sad story, but yeah, it, it, this is really a tragic a tragic ending here. Yeah. And Jerry's like, uh, so where were we? She's like, I was just leaving. He's like, yeah, about that. And so she says, she leaves. She comes back in and famously tells us what, Akiva? By the way, they are both real and spectacular. 
Yes. You know what I was thinking, Rob? What's that? So, of course, in the series finale, uh, fast forward a couple minutes if you haven't watched it yet. You're watching for the first time along with us. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, So, Sidra is uh, a witness for the uh, prosecution, right? Right. Uh, And she sleeps with the defense attorney. Okay. Uh, Can we get a mistrial? Mmm. I believe that the the uh, the gang of four has not had good representation there. Serial season I, three. No, no question. I do think. Listen, we have uh, over two years before we're going to get into this, but I do think that uh, upon appeal, I don't think they need. You know, they need that lady who comes in for you know with tail bodding on with the appeal. I think. Yeah. Uh, any 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 you know public defender is going to get them uh, a new trial here because. Sidra was probably, you know, one of the star witnesses other than other than maybe uh, Babu and the soup Nazi. We will do a whole podcast at the the end about the mistrial of the gang of four. I do think we're going to need like lawyers. We'll get like Chester in there. It's we're really, you know, how long do you think the finale episode should be? Twelve hours. Really? Eh. You say that now and then I'll be like, oh, that we like Rob. So we're doing 12 hours. You'll be like, I'll give you one and a half. Uh, it'll be a long episode. Okay. Who knows where we'll be then? Who knows? George is back at the airport. And he needs to provide the death certificate. And he does not have one. <laughs> so uh, he tr- shows a Polaroid of him next to the coffin. It's like the first selfie ever. <laughs> I don't think he did a Polaroid selfie. Right. Well, but I think everything now is a selfie. Even if you didn't take it, it's kind of considered a selfie. All right. And we also saw a shot of George fighting with Timmy at the funeral. Yeah. Um, who do you think won that fight, George or Timmy? I think George. Yeah, Timmy was like a little too weird. Maybe he bites or something, though, because he's crazy. Yeah. All right. Finally, we see Jerry's closing stand-up. And he talks about liposuction and how that they should have it in a restaurant. Fat sucking machine. Give me the cheesecake. Turn the thing up to nine. That was just okay. Yeah. 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 I want to make sure we got that closing line right. Do you have it? Do you have it exactly? Which closing line? Of Terry Hatcher. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was being facetious. I've, obviously, it's they're real and they're spectacular. I was We're going to get uh, emails on that. No, but it. everyone knows that I know what the line is. I've just said it 10 times during the episode. So I'm not like, I'm like, cause I'm not going to do the Terry Hatcher. Well, I think, yeah, everyone, well, she's 50. I'm not, you know, come on. uh, uh, everyone knows that we know what the line is. People who've never seen Seinfeld know that, it, you know, it's real. I'm just They're, preemptively avoiding a hundred emails. Yeah. Right. I feel like you're the, you know, you're, you're, you sort of have like the, the podcast PTSD mm-hmm. where like if somebody makes any kind of error, Yes. You know, you're, you're like on, you know, you know, like, well, you already I make know most like, of oh. them. Yeah. You make the most of them? No, I make more of them than anyone else. Sure. Uh, well, the more podcasting you do, like the more errors you're likely to make. Yes. All right, Akiva. Yeah. Where does this episode rank? Is it in the top 10? Is it in the Pantheon? Uh, I'd say it's a Pantheon episode in terms of its fame. First of all, uh, what do you think? Where do you rank the implant? I thought it was really, really good. I'm trying to think of what the biggest laugh of the episode for me is. I mean, they're real and they're spectacular is 
it is a bit, you know, is a grand slam home run. Like part of it is rewatching because the first time you hear that line, it's just amazing, right? Yeah. But part of our rings are sort of like, you know, how does that hold up on the rewatch? So you, when you know that line's coming. It holds up very well for me. Sure. I feel like throughout the episode, I'm not having, it's not a laugh riot for me, but I, I feel like this is like a nine out of 10. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't have it. Um, I don't have it as high as I probably should. It's definitely, some people would have it as like a classic episode. There aren't a ton of laughs. There's a couple things that uh, don't work perfectly, but I, I have it as number 40. 40. I think that's yeah. a lot. I mean, it's, I think that's, that's a lot. You, you think, do you, you other, I where would you have it? I think it's probably top 20, top 25. Interesting. I mean, uh, you have the contest over it, right? Yeah. So now, do you, what do you like better, the implant or the outing? I like the implant. Oh, so this is probably your second favorite episode so far. Mm, yeah. Okay. Listen, there's no shortage of season four episodes that are top tier. Can't have everything. You know, if I if I make this number four now and we get up to some other great episode, and you know, that's going to be like number 75 because I ran into spots. All right. 2015 conversion. Is there anything that would be different in this episode? All right. So here's what I think. I was thinking about this earlier today. You go to you go to Sidra's Facebook page. Mm. And you go see, all right, what did she look like in 2007? Right? Yeah. There should be an app that does this for you. At this point. Oh, boy. Yeah. Rob? Yeah. You want to, del- Scott, delete that because we're going to make this app and we're going to, we're not even going to, we're not even going to need sponsors for this <laughs> podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't really delete it. Um, I think, yeah, that's not, I, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, the haters would be out. I don't think Gawker would like that app. The, the app that goes back through all your old Facebook pictures and then determines what cosmetic changes you've had over the years. Uh, the great, uh, um, I guess, Dad, if you're listening, you should have shut this off a while ago. But like the great um, Harris Whittles, late great Harris Whittles, just passed away a few months ago, had a tweet on uh, a tweet um, shortly before he died, I think, that was like, if you're going through a girl you just met's Facebook uh, pictures, and uh, you can't, you, you know, after about 10 pictures, you can't tell if she has big boobs or not. She probably doesn't. Oh. So, you know, Harris would say, you know, scroll down. But, uh, you know, he would probably go till 2007. That wasn't Tom Likas that said that? <laughs> we really need to get Tom on for an episode. <laughs> what would be the best episode to have Tom Likas on? This I don't know. 1-800-TOM-100-TOM. I... <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and dump that. Let's let's take the emails. Seinfeld at post show recaps is the place to email us throughout the week about the episode. Let's start with Johnny D. Silvera. Johnny D. Silvera says uh, the podcast is real and it's spectacular. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Okay. He also says that this is the first of the future Desperate Housewives to guest star on Seinfeld. Brenda Strong and Marsha Cross are still to come. Who's Brenda Strong? That I don't know. She's not one of the big four. She's probably like uh, somebody else. Okay. That's fine. Have you ever watched Desperate Housewives? I used to watch it in the first season. Yeah, I don't don't even know who Brenda Strong is. All right. Johnny wants to know, is there any reason why they didn't call this episode the implants? It wasn't a singular implant after all. It's a good question, but I don't know what the, what the medical terminology is. Is it one implant? It's two, right? 
I believe you would have a breast implants implanted, but I think the surgery would be, did you have a breast implant? Yeah, I'm not sure. I've been thinking about this. You know so who Brenda Strong is, by the way? Who's that? It, in the, you know how like Desperate Housewives has like a, like a sort of omniscient narrator? Yes. And it's like the person who was killed right before the, the series starts? Yes. That's, she's like the narrator. She's, Got it. Like her voice is in every episode. I'm not sure if her face is. So is the implant referring to the actual surgery? I mean, do we have any doctor listeners? I feel like uh, we're not we're not medically equipped to. Uh, <laughs> we to need a medical stuff. correspondent on this show. Yeah, we do. If so, we have like an airplane. It, you'd be shot. Like it would be funny. Like just to have like an airport correspondent, you wouldn't think would be valuable, but no, since, it's like, very valuable in the show. Very valuable because like half the episodes, and we have a lawyer that comes in handy. Uh, you know, I'm a napper. If they ever, if we ever have anything nap related, but I, yeah, we need we need a doctor. If there's a doctor, speak up. We won't, you know, we won't re- use. Your real name, if you don't want. What's we need the we need next great unexplored avenue that we need a some sort of a field correspondent in? It's a good question. Well, doctor, by the way, doctor is very relevant because next week I don't want to you know step on what the episode is yet, but we certainly have a lot of medical stuff next week. And you know, we have the accountant. I'll tell you a good one. You know how they have the Briss episode with the mole, right? Yeah. My friend is a mole. We could get him on. He'll, right, he'll but we he'll don't need that for a, like on an ongoing basis, like. No, we we only need him once, right? That's he's like uh, he'll be like cousin, T- you know, co- brother Timmy. He's in and out once, and he'll you know, leave his he'll leave his mark. But we don't need him again after okay. that. So uh, that's a question. We'll we'll figure it out when we get there. Travis wrote in to say, "Hey guys, such a quotable episode." Anyway, the question is: Righty can't go left, or lefty can't go right. As a married man, I thankfully haven't had to attempt the dreaded righty move in over twenty years. Or lefty. Hey-o. Amir has a question. A couple of comments first. It says, in the span of two minutes, Sidra goes from, I don't know what I'm doing here. I must be crazy to, well, I think you'll find out soon enough. Is Sidra really fickle or is Jerry that charming? I mean, it's just so ridiculous for Sidra to be there that I feel like she's got to commit. You know, she's either all the way or she's leaving. And clearly she's straddling between those two sides. So, but uh, Jerry is charming. Yes. Plus we know she's, uh, you know, she loves celebrities. She's only interested in celebrities. Also, Amir wants to know, it seems like there's a very specific theme in these recent season four episodes. Is it just me or is there a deliberate trend of Jerry almost having sex? Uh, the virgin, Jerry fa- gets the go ahead, but then foolishly tells her about the contest. In the outing, Jerry is about to sleep with Sharon as George bursts in pretending to be his boyfriend. In the implant, Jerry convinces Sidra to go out again, but both Kramer and Elaine foil the plan. And in the junior mint, spoiler alert, Jerry's about to hook up with Mulva until she figures out he doesn't know her name. And Amir wants to know, how did Jerry suddenly become the young, young Kim of the 2001 World Series? That's a great, great callback there. Um, <laughs> it's a good point, though, right? Like in the really last 12 episodes. really could have gone with the Armando Benitez of, <laughs> of, the Armando Benitez of uh, male-female relations. Oh, boy. Get the um, gas can I, out. He's the Carlos Muniz. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, yeah, this is very good. Like very similar scenarios within like, you know, a dozen episodes of each other. It happens four times where like Jerry's really his own worst enemy. He's, he's, it's almost George like, right? Where he's like the only thing that could stop Jerry is Jerry himself, but he's, he manages to do it. Mm. 
And then finally, Chester, he didn't have a ton to say about this episode. I think we wore him out with the rankings of how attractive the presidents are. He says, uh, why wouldn't Sidra be freaked out by Jerry, who goes on one date with her, telling people that others are asking if she has breast implants? Right. I mean, again, it doesn't make any sense. Like, that's the worst line Jerry could have said. I don't, she doesn't seem to freak out, but she should have. Like, really? That many people? Well, again, for her, it's all compliments. It's like if people were wondering if you'd had some sort of genital enhancement surgery, I think you'd feel very complimented that people are having those conversations, right? Right. But if everyone always. If I think it's also like she's a beautiful woman. She's complimented so often that like she may not even hear them anymore. You know, it's just like, oh, stop that sort of thing. But like she's not even they're not even like entering her mind. So, I, you know, he's saying this and it's just like to her, it's just like the thousandth person today to to, you know, say something like everybody's that. talking about it. It's a blessing and a curse. I, I mean, I've never been a beautiful woman, but I could only imagine. Mm. Okay. All right, so Kiva, that's it. Yeah, it was fun. All right, do we have a hashtag for this episode? Oh boy. Uh, I, I think I got it. I yeah, what, it. what is it? Uh, I think it's a hashtag, hashtag treadmill guy. Treadmill guy? I was, you know, we never said it during the episode. I was thinking comfort schmumfort. George mm. says that. But yeah. we, you know, we didn't even mention it in the podcast, so I don't know if that should be the, yeah. the hashtag. I, I like treadmill guy. Why, why is it so crazy that I have this treadmill in my room? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just like that. It, uh, the way that it came up and how you're okay. like the mania of treadmills. I mean, it's also like my, my, uh, bedroom is right on top of my parents. So like you couldn't run on it at night because it's like on their heads probably. Yeah. You know? Uh, so there was like, and you never really got to use it because when are you like, when are you on the treadmill in the morning? Like, no, I'm not going to be on the treadmill in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you like, did you approve of hashtag treadmill guy? Yeah. Treadmill guy's fine. Okay. All right. Next week. What's coming up, Akiva? Rob, I don't remember the name of the episode, but I know it rhymes with a female body part. Mm. <laughs> we got the junior mint. Junior mint. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. It's that's a, that's another classic. You know, I hear really, it's very uh, refreshing. Uh, very refreshing. Yes. Yeah. We really need a doctor. We really need a medical advisor in place for next week's episode. Though. Yes. And do we just have them on standby during the podcast? Do we have to like Periscope and they're, and they're, peri- and they're watching the Periscope? I don't know. I'm trying to th- like, I don't do we, do you think you have a lot of like doctor Chester's wife? I think is a doctor. I don't know what kind oh. of doctor. Yeah. I don't know what kind of doctor. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll find out. All right. Yeah. Great job. Akiva. If people right want to you. go ahead and leave us some feedback, on our iTunes page, you could do that at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Do you want to hear one of our recent five-star ratings? Yes, please. Recently, Akiva, mm-hmm. Russ, the postal worker. Oh, boy. Again, I hope, now, this was from June 24th, so I hope he wasn't offended by the Newman comments from the last episode. I'm sure he's used to it. He said, well, I love the podcast about nothing. Rob has the best podcast out there, and now adding a Seinfeld podcast is gold, Jerry Gold. Thank you, Russ. There you go. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Russ, the postal worker. 
Good stuff. All right, looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments on postshowrecaps.com. Thanks, as always, to Mike Moore for writing another great episode summary and Scott St. Pierre for the edit of the Seinfeld podcast. I'll be back next week with Akiva, who's on Twitter, at Keeve26. I'm at Rob Sestrino. Looking forward to talking about the Junior Mint next week. Take care.